For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Paul John Spaulding. Joining me today is Heather Engel, Managing Partner at Strategic Cyber Partners. This episode is sponsored by BreachLock, a simple and scalable penetration testing service. To learn more, visit breachlock.com. Heather, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Paul. Heather, I wanted to discuss an article written by Samant Segal, the founder and CEO of BreachLock, on how offensive security can help prevent cybersecurity breaches. But before we dive into some specifics, I was hoping you could set the stage for us. Why should companies look to penetration testing as part of their defense? Sure, absolutely. I think penetration testing is a great part of an overall risk management strategy. And the reason for that is a penetration tester is going to come in and they're going to look at your network and they can look at it from a couple of different perspectives, right? We can look at it externally. We can look at it internally. We can do black box or gray box testing that will really give us an idea of what a network would look like to an attacker. And a penetration test can then tell us, okay, what are some of the things that we can fix? What are some of the things that we need to do to minimize the risk of a data breach happening at our organization? And the pen test itself and the reports that you'll get at the end are going to tell you exactly how to do that. It's going to tell you this is what our network looks like to someone who would be trying to attack us, steal our data. So it gives you a good point to start from if you're trying to reduce your risk and better your IT security. Well, Samant breaks down a couple of different breaches within this article to potentially illustrate penetration testing as part of your platform for security. And the first one he talks about is a Bangladesh bank heist, which occurred back in 2016. I know this is one of the most notable bank hacks that we've had in recent years. And he says maybe this could have been prevented if there was more proactive security. So Heather, break this down more for us and tell us a bit about what you think. Sure. So in this case, $81 million was stolen. And he writes in the article that what's shocking is not that the bank was attacked because financial institutions, anywhere there's a lot of money flowing through an organization, you're a target for a probable attack. This breach was executed using email attachments that exploited vulnerabilities in Microsoft Office and Microsoft Word. And they were older versions of Microsoft Office and Microsoft Word. And so there's a couple of things at work here. One, the bank network wasn't segregated. So once it was breached, attackers had access to just about the entire infrastructure. But two, and this is something that we see a lot, is we talk about the importance of patching and closing vulnerabilities and paying attention to the security bulletins that come out related to the products that are in your infrastructure. And so when you have a product that's older, that has security vulnerabilities, and you haven't patched those vulnerabilities or applied the security updates, you're very vulnerable in terms of exploits that are available. Exploits are easily available for these things. They're out on the open market, and very often they're not even that hard to use. And so this is why we always counsel our clients that one of the most important things that you can do to prevent a breach is making sure that you're up to date on all the products in your infrastructure the security bulletins. It's also the reason that, you know, we recommend once a product goes end of life, where the manufacturer is no longer supporting it with security updates, that you look to move away from that product or upgrade to the latest version. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting because we have software to worry about and we have education to worry about. And that's something that Samant talked about in the next breach, which was to do with Uber and how they were hacked through an MFA push notification, spamming or Bombing, I think, is the word you used before we hit record today. And that was back in 2022, as everyone's probably already aware. But maybe you could break this down a bit more for us and tell us what you think about it. This was a breach that happened. A teenage hacker did some reconnaissance, which is a part of any penetration test, found the phone number for a systems administrator, and then flooded that systems administrator with MFA push requests. So if you've ever worked in any kind of an organization that's using MFA, or maybe you use it to log on to your bank account, 
what happens is you'll log in with your username and password, and then it will push and it will say, is this you trying to log in? And sometimes you'll have to put in a fingerprint or sometimes you'll just have to say, yes, it's me on whatever device that notification was sent to. And one of the attacks that's become more common in recent years is what we call MFA prompt bombing or push notifications, as you just talked about. And what happens there is an attacker just repeatedly will over and over and over again push those MFA notifications to a lot of times it's a user's cell phone. So they'll push it to the cell phone or they'll push it to whatever tag they're using for multi-factor authentication. And oftentimes what happens is the user just gets tired of it. They get tired of these constant pop-up notifications and they'll just push, yes, it's me. And it really only takes one time for that to happen. And an attacker's in because you've authenticated them with the multi-factor authentication. And you know, in the article, Samant writes that the victim was flooded with MFA push requests in the middle of the night, right? And if your phone's going off and if you're a systems administrator, maybe you're on call, so you can't shut your phone off altogether. You have to leave it up just in case something happens with the network that you're managing. But the employee just finally accepted the request and said, yes, it's me. And that was it. That was all the attackers needed to get in. So the takeaway here really is educating users on when this happens, what can they do and what should they do to do something other than just accept the prompt. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Samad Sagal is a founder and CEO at BreachLock, the global leader in pen testing as a service. BreachLock is a pen testing as a service platform, better known as PTAS, which covers your full stack so your complete attack surface from a penetration testing perspective. And we do that with combining three main elements, pen testing automation, artificial intelligence, and of course, the creativity of human hackers. To learn more about our sponsor, BreachLock, visit breachlock.com. And now back to the podcast. Well, again, Heather, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the idea is if this was an ethical hack, someone actually doing this, being paid to do a penetration test, that they would be the one discovering this. And then, you know, even though it's very bad that the other person just accepted these requests, in this case, for example, after being bombed a couple of times, that, okay, well, at least that was done under a controlled ethical hack rather than an adversary coming in actually trying to gain access to data or something else very sensitive. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that penetration testing can tell us. It can see how our employees react to things like phishing emails, if that's a part of the test, or MFA prompt bombing, if that's a part of it. Another thing that we didn't talk about that I think is an important point to note is very often a penetration test can be done where maybe there's just one or two people in the whole organization that know that it's happening. And you can actually test some of your processes for your IT systems administrators to see if they're capturing things and you know they get a notification from a monitoring tool that something unusual is going on. Are they acting on it? And that can be a penetration test in that way can be a great test, not only of your technology, but we also, we talk a lot about how very rarely is a breach, a pure failure of a technology, right? There's almost always either a people or a process aspect to it that's failed. And so pen testing can really help you test all aspects where your technology is doing the right thing. It's doing what it's supposed to and telling you that, hey, something unusual is happening. Is the person that's receiving those alerts following a process to act on them? Well, Heather, before we go, let's talk about one more hack. And this was with Twitter back in January of 2022. Tell us a bit more about this hack and then break it down a bit more for us. 
So this one, we're talking about Twitter having a sensitive data breach that included phone numbers and email addresses connected to more than 5 million users. And, you know, the data theft happened within a pretty short window. And there was a remediation that was required, but this was what we refer to as a zero day. In the last case, we talked about patches not being applied appropriately when they were available. In this case, there was no patch available. Right. Absolutely. So Heather, I guess before we go, do you have any final thoughts on penetration testing as part of your security posture, maybe to use kind of the buzzword and things that we see in the news a lot? Because Saman's writing this article to highlight just one aspect of security, which is penetration testing, which is very important. But maybe there are additional things to think about, just as we talked about software vulnerabilities versus maybe flaws in humans and actually security awareness education. So I don't know if you just want to leave us off with any thoughts you have about the subject. I think penetration testing, as we said up front during this interview, is a really important part of an organization's risk management strategy. When and how you do the penetration test depends on your cybersecurity maturity. So if you know that your infrastructure is pretty immature and you don't have the processes in place and you know that you're not regularly applying security updates, it's important to get those things in place first. You don't want to make the penetration test too easy for the testers, right? And you want to really be able to uncover some things beyond just the basics. But Once you've done that and gotten your security risk management strategy down and you're executing against it, pen testing can be a really important and valuable part of maintaining that security posture. Heather, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for having me. For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Paul John Spaulding. This episode is sponsored by BreachLock, a simple and scalable penetration testing service. To learn more, visit BreachLock.com. To follow all of our media, go to CybercrimeMagazine.com.